The following is a Journeywise Network production. I'm Shane. I'm Ronnie. Ronnie and I have been friends for 40 years on this journey, and so we want you to be a part of it. So grab your mason jar and come join us as we grow Journeywise together. Hey friends, I'm Shane Stanford. And I'm Ronnie Kent. And again, we're so glad that you've joined us uh, as we are talking about what it means to be Journeywise. And over these last few weeks of the year, we have been talking about the the Annunciation and the birth narrative. And today we're going to talk about that time right after the birth of Jesus, up until he's about 12 years of age. Uh, we, we call this the season of epiphany. There's a lot that happens during this season. Um, Ronnie, I don't, but I will tell you, this is probably the most underpreached season of the Christian year, just because the schedules and people are gone and there's a lot happening. But this is really a, an important uh, in terms of understanding the the life of Jesus and understanding how that life impacts and is supposed to relate to our own lives, there's a lot that happens in this season uh, and well, in these scriptures. Well, and, and and if you think about it, it is really where a lot of families struggle. Mm, uh, you know, in those those first 12 years of a child's life. Now, that does not mean that after 12, there's no struggles in the teenage years. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. But, you know, like like we talked about previously, the newness of it and just the, 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 the expectations of society or the church. Uh, you know, one of the worst things a child can do is be born to a pastor. Uh, and, <laughs> Tell me about it and have to grow up. I mean, the pediatrician's bad enough, but they're, you know, they expect mine to be renegades. <laughs> but, <Mine too. laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that it's, it's so, it is important to talk about this. Why do you think, um, and I think about this simply from a, 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 a doctrinal point of view, but, you know, we, we obviously had the gospel of Mark come first. They, Mark does not talk about the birth narrative or the young age years at all. Uh, John, we kind of figured out why he comes last and he doesn't talk about it. But Matthew and Luke really do spend some time wanting to clarify. And, and I think part of it is not just because it had not been told, but I think they have some pretty specific things they're trying to share with us about the humanity and the life of Jesus one of those, I mean, right off the bat is the fact that just because the baby's born doesn't mean everything goes to, you know, roses and tulips. In fact, some of the scariest things that happen in the Gospels happen immediately after the birth of Jesus. And, you know, we've got shepherds who are showing up in the middle of the night, uh, a group that you would not normally, you know, or know get invited to the birth of a king. But then you've got within the next two or three years, you've got the this conspiracy to that Herod is wanting to kill the the, the babies two and under, and uh, there's a lot of just terror that goes along with this to the point that um, they have to relocate. Joseph and Mary and Jesus have to relocate to Egypt. What is your impression of all this as to why you know this is important for us to understand and know? Because this is messed up. <laughs> this, this was not well planned. Who's <laughs> in charge of this thing anyway? <laughs> I mean, you know, is God up there saying, well, I hope this works out? I mean, you know, 
I, chaos doesn't, I mean, I don't think God is the author of, of confusion, but I think that what we consider chaos a lot of times is God's plan. Yeah, sure. And, and, and so tra sometimes tragedy is attached to God's plan. And that's kind of hard for us. Just think of all the families that lost children because of Jesus's birth. That wasn't fair. There's nothing yeah. fair about that. And, and so I think that we, to me, it helps me have a different approach. And I can tell you a story uh, that I, I think even if they recognized that if I was talking about them, they wouldn't mind me telling it, but I may, I may share a story later. Well, you know, there is a, um, there's a brutal broken side to humanity. Yes. And I think that God being willing to share that in the story of the birth of his own son I think is apropos. I think it. I don't think it's something that's just to bring color to the story. No, not at all. Not I think all. it's critical because of what you just said. I think it shows that that for God to enter into a broken world, um, it, there's complexity to it, and and there's ramifications and repercussions, just as there is to you know not at the same level, but any baby being born, there's a consequence. <laughs> Whether it's yeah. increased responsibility, it's going to change the lives of those parents. It has effect on relationships. I mean, all of that, the birth of a new life has a significant consequence. I mean, how did how did yours and Anne's lives change after the birth of your children? And did it change differently versus the first, second, or third one? Well, obviously, that's the easy answer starting at number three. You know, you realize that that they're little it's the old it's the old pacifier story you know the first first child drops the pacifier you sterilize it in boiling water the second one you wash it off the third one you kick it back to them that's right <laughs> so so you know it's absolutely a different different situation but no the first one I was a first year resident and I wasn't sleeping when I was on call at the hospital and I wasn't sleeping at home when I came home. And the, the classic story, you know, I, I felt like I needed to do my part. And so Ann was would feed the baby. And so I would always get up when the baby, when she woke up and bring the baby to her in the bed. And I remember, I remember one night I forgot to close the door or open the door all the way. And I took a full stride right into the end of the door. And I went oh. the next day with a crease down the middle of my head. Of my head. And it was just that situation. And then to be quite honest with you, my wife was not really pleased with the fact that it was my fault that we had a baby. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure you got reminded of that probably already. In more ways, in more ways than one. Situation. Yes. Yes. And well, so it was a significantly, and you know, I used to laugh at parents that were scared of their children, you know, something happening to them. And I can remember sleeping underneath Emily's bed to listen to her breathe. Oh, wow. I mean, it was because unfortunately at that time, I was also seeing all the problems that could occur, Sure, uh, you know, and just the, the, the nightmarish type thing of, of just the baby developing for nine months and the, the problems I saw that could, it's a miracle every time. Baby. It's not, it's not a miracle that, that birth defects happen. It's a, it's a miracle that birth defects don't happen. Yeah. And so, you know, and then, and then just, I remember when she was about six or nine months old, I couldn't, she would look up underneath the bed. She could see me sticking out from under the bed and she would see me. So, <laughs> 
I would lay in the hall on the floor outside her room with just a door cracked. Oh, and, she, and so finally she realized I was there and she'd look over at that cracked door and, and smile at me. <laughs> it was it was and so to think that here again you don't get that sense of yes great joy but great responsibility for that life and and you know it, it gets easier by the time grace was born you know i remember somebody that was had a child born at the same time grace was and they came in for the four-month checkup and they were discussing that baby wasn't sleeping and I was talking to them about how to help the baby sleep at night. And so they looked at me and said, well, you've got a four month old at your house. Is she sleeping all night? And I said, and I didn't, wasn't doing this to be cute or smart, but I just said, I don't know, but I do, you know, <laughs> so, so, so helpful, so, <laughs> encouraging. I think they probably made a point with somebody else to yeah. check up. <laughs> But, you know, I think that that I think what what God helps us understand is that if we will do our part mm. then as we move through not only just parenting, but also the Christian life, as we do our part, he miraculously shows us that he's got this. He's got parenting. He we can mess up. But if but if we're walking with him, he can take those mess ups and he can celebrate those in a way that causes life to really be life, not this facade, not this plastic type thing. So I think it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch happen in my life and in the life of people around me. Well, I, I mean, I was terrified of when uh, I, I remember Juliana had come along and, and Sarah Grace, as I've said before, was pretty docile. But Sarah, Juliana would come along and she wanted to move everywhere. And I just remember being terrified that something was going to happen to this child. And and I, and she was not sleeping and I was exhausted. And I remember we were laying at the foot of the bed. Juliana and I were laying there and I had dozed off. And all of a sudden I woke up to this screaming and she had rolled over down between the mattress and the footboard. <laughs> and she was, here's this little one stuck down there. And of course, I'm horrified. And I remember I called you and I said, you said, well, look here, here and here. And I said, Ronnie, what are we not thinking of? She, and he said, you're not thinking that they're pretty hard to they're pretty hard to, to break. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty, pretty resilient. Um, and she turned out to be just fine um, that she actually broke herself on some other things that she did. But um, but, you know, the fear of the unknown, I think children more than anything, probably engage us into that. And when I think about Mary and Joseph, uh, you know, we sometimes I think read over just the impact that that would have had on Mary and Joseph having to uproot, being told by strangers who've traveled thousands of miles to come see the birth of their baby, taking them over two years to get there because they saw the same star the shepherds did. And the, their, basically their response is that the king's trying to kill you. And you're going to need to escape uh, out of the nation. You're going to have to leave the country. Um, that makes the normal stressors of having a baby seem doable. Yes. I'll say to just about everybody else. But think about, you know, that Joseph, it, you know, I don't see any, uh, I really don't see any equivocation of that. He, he did what he had to do. And that really seems to be the example that Joseph set from before the baby was born. You do what you had to do in order to take care of your responsibilities and your expectations. 
And I've said to parents, Ronnie, you know what, if nothing else, if you'll just simply do the best you can to be responsible and faithful in those two things, it's you're going to it's going to turn out fine. You know, but that's where I think a lot of the missed steps are for a lot of young parents is they 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 become overwhelmed by a variety of things. Would you agree with that? Well, sure. And there's so many voices out there that tell you what you should and shouldn't do. And my (laughs) gracious, with social media and with every voice, even us, I mean, another voice in their ear, you know, and, 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 oh, grandparents, you know, us grandparents know everything (laughs) that is (laughs) blessed my children and their spouses' hearts. You know, they live close to us and Ann and I have vowed that we would do our best to keep our mouths shut, but we don't do that so well. But there's there's so much confusion of uh, Shane. I just, I mean, I'm overwhelmed at the confusion that new parents probably are experiencing. What are what are some of the issues that you think? I mean, in all seriousness, that new parents are facing that they have to face daily. Well, well, I think, I mean, right out the shoot, what do you feed this baby? I mean, obviously we all know breastfeeding is the best thing, but, but, you know, in certain circumstances that can't happen. So what do you feed this baby? I mean, then, then what, what kind of developmental things? I don't know if you, there've been things that have come up. Einstein was a program one time. If you, if you did this to your babies, they would be, have IQs 104, guaranteed IQs 140. That's not true. I mean, you know, and Sesame Street, is Sesame Street the best thing? Or is there some other educational program that you can put your, which school do you put them in? I mean, there's all these, you know, what sports, they've all got to play sports because that's it'd be a part of it. And then of course the music and, and you know, dance and piano and all this other thing. There are that's the working spend $500,000 to get them into USC as a, as a rower. So. Oh, well, now let's don't go there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, you know, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, there's just so big. If you don't start with the basics as parents, if you do not start with the basics, and that's what I always tried to emphasize to them. There, yes, there are a lot of options. And to be quite honest with you, they do affect some, but they're not nearly as important as the, as the and that is your child needs to know their love. Yes, uh, and 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 love is not this special kind of uh, program, or it's it's basically kids start out knowing love is equated with time, and yeah. so spend time with them, and obviously you know want for want their good to be better than your good, and that's if you can if you can spend time with them trying to help them live that abundant life, and then walking with them spiritually. You know, in my ten, we have two that have made a decision to follow Jesus as, as, as disciples. And then we've got two right now that are asking those questions, sure. you know, that usually start, of course, in the Baptist church, usually start in the Baptist churches of, of I want to be baptized. And yeah. so helping them understand what that means. But you know, God's spirit is dealing with them when they, when yeah. they do that. And, 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 and just trying to alleviate those fear, the fears of my children that they may mess that up or they may say the wrong thing in trying to walk them through the process of seeing who Jesus is and what he offers to them, you know, and, and it's just those basics that are critical. The other stuff, 
yeah, you can, you know, you can mess up some, you can do it right, but really those foundational things are the critical ones. But you know, if you read the the early years of Jesus, um, I, I think it's interesting that of all the stories they could have told, the ones they did tell, and they're few and far between, there's not a there's not a lot that they talk about, but you know, um, the example of Mary and Joseph meeting Simeon and Anna, you know, two people in very different places, and yet that baby, that that interaction um, changes their lives. It's sort of the culmination. But yet Mary and Joseph, you get the impression that Mary and Joseph, all they had to do was be faithful to show up at the, right. the eighth day blessing. Um, and I think to myself, you know, I don't have to make grand things happen. I, I, I remember, I don't know if it was you or someone else that would remind me, you know, you don't have to do great things as a parent. You simply need to show up. And, and be the parent who loves their child. Right. And, you know, and, and I think the one gift that my mother gave to me beyond everything else was I knew I was loved. Absolutely. And I, and I knew that and no matter what I was going through in life, that that time and equation of love, that just, it meant everything. And now it, it, at times it would get me into trouble because I would, um, um, I could take that to an nth degree and, you know, make that yes. blessing. Yes. Yes. yes, you could. I could very much. Uh, but she, she she was prepared for that with factor arriving. She bring those reins back pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, then you look at the story of Jesus and you see that as obviously every Passover, they made their way to Jerusalem. You got that impression that this was, there were certain traditions and expectations in their family. And I can imagine what it would have been like for Joseph to have the stepson, you know, who is God's son, the Messiah. He knows this. And um, can you imagine just getting him to clean his room? I mean, it, I mean, think about that. His but room never got dirty, Shane. Never got. Of course, it never did. You Baptist. Uh, but but, remember, uh, he, he was working in that woodworking shop with his yes. dad every day. Can, every and, day. And and that I think I think they had a relationship that when Mary, in the motherly sense, got upset more than Joseph did. I think Joseph knew Jesus's character, and they've been talking about this. Not that he had with Mary, but they've been talking about this. And he remember he was memorizing scripture every day. Yes, he, he, and, so, and so by the time they go to Jerusalem, uh, that they're in Jerusalem for that great encounter where he gets lost or. They lose him. He knows they lose him. He's, he's not lost. <laughs> um, and he's sitting there in the, in the father's house listening and having debate with these religious leaders. You said something as we were talking about this that I thought was interesting. It, it, it's, it is interesting that Mary seems more upset. And this isn't a hysteria kind of thing. This is just simply a mother being very, you know, very straightforward about her feelings in this moment. And jo I think a lot of that, though, comes from the fact that Joseph obviously had spent some time yeah. in those settings. He had, he's in a different relationship with Jesus, but it doesn't negate the fact that Joseph loved Jesus less. I think they just had different interactions and that really kind of that they dealt with each other differently. Well, and I think it's a good lesson for us. I mean, both sides, both parents to understand, you know, you know, Jesus came in grace and truth. And I think that one parent is going to tend to have more grace. One parent's going to tend to have more truth. Uh, and so I think in that situation, Joseph had the grace and, and Mary had, uh, had the truth, you know, and, and she was just concerned. It wasn't an 
anger toward Jesus as disobedient. She was just real concerned, I think. And that's a lesson for all of us parents to, to see too. Do you think that that's the tension in those early years? We talk about the first 12 years, the tension between protecting the child and helping the child grow and develop. I think, that it, what would you just say a word as we finish up? I mean, I, I think that's the lesson for today. Well, and, and you know, parents are going to approach it. Shane, it, it's here again. We will cover this in a future podcast because it's worthy of multiple podcasts. But, you know, fathers and, and mothers approach parenting in a way that's multifaceted and multifactorial and, and multiple etiologies and because of the way they were parented, because of their own mental health issues, because of, believe it or not, their trust, their, if you have the gift of faith, you're going to parent a different way than if you don't, if you have the gift of encouragement, you're going. So you're, there's just so many ways, but yes, I do think there's always that friction that will never go away. And, it, and parents need to understand that, as they are parenting in their own skill, in their own set of, of principles or, or priorities, that that the other spouse is going to be different. Yeah, and, and it's not accidental. It's not accidental. I think that that children need that, and I and I do think that it's such an advantage for children to grow up in a two parent home. Uh, and I, I I wish that it was it was not as common that they don't get that. Um, and, and so uh, I do think that we have to appreciate where, where, where we are and where our spouse is in the process. Yeah. Well, and I came from a, a divorced home. My, my wife did too. And I've told people I would, I wouldn't, I, I love my stepfather and he was the guy that pretty much raised me. Oh, he's great. great day guy. to day. Um, having two parents who are on the same page moving forward is just the better plan. Yes. And, and and there's a lot of other issues that you can make it and do well, as my family proved. Absolutely. But there are complexities that that when that plan is broken, there's a lot of complexities that unearth. And I do think that it has an effect. We talked about two episodes ago, family of origin. There is an impact about the way that I see relationship that is directly connected to my parents' divorce. And I've had to deal with that. And so my children will say that they believe that's had an impact. And so I think that what we see in the life of Jesus is it, I'm most overwhelmed, not by the miraculousness of it, which there's all kinds of amazing miracles, angels and choirs and, you know, and babies born in mangers. The thing that I think I'm most amazed about is that the miraculous became so much like us. Yes. And dealt with the time and and space and dealt with the problems and the confusion and the fear of having to leave the country because of, of things that are happening and that's the thing i want people to understand ronnie is that at christmas there's no story in the bible i know easter gets of course and it should get it's very much its primary due but the story of christmas is about as personal as it gets between the divine and human you oh know? yes i i think that you know, just the fact that God, the God of the universe put on flesh and yeah. came to earth, put on my flesh, my kind of flesh, you know, yeah. you know, we, we certainly there are Christian martyrs, but most of us will never experience the Easter story yeah. uh, like in, in the way that Jesus did. We all as parents, if you if you're blessed with parenting, 
that we all get to experience the Christmas story in, in some form or fashion. So I, I agree with you. I think watching the God of the universe put on flesh for me and, and then seeing my children being born and just the responsibility I feel for that. And, and yet God did that for me uh, and for the whole world. Uh, I think and, you're right. And it doesn't have to be a biological connection either because Joseph proves. Yes. Joseph proves that God will angle people and and relationships into your life that you become responsible for and that you need to be faithful in that responsibility. And it's just a beautiful, uh, I love the nativity. I think it's a beautiful story and taking even further into the early years of Jesus that speaks to me in ways that uh, I I never, I took for granted for a long time, but I don't do it anymore. So absolutely. And my prayer for everyone is that if you are, having a tough Christmas, send us your prayer request. Send us a um, your and let us know how you're doing. Uh, you can email us at anl at morewestcenter.org or go to journeywise.network and you go to our prayer wall and there are people who are ready to pray for you. Uh, we want to hear from you. We don't want you to feel like you're, you're alone at Christmas. You're not alone. Let me just say it clearly. The God of the universe has gone to very, very specific links to let you know you're not alone and that you he does know where you are and what you're going through and every emotion you're feeling and every difficulty and every joy he's he experienced it too in the midst of of this beautiful thing that we call the nativity you know the 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 season of christmas so so on behalf of our families and everyone here at uh, journey wise and the more west center we want to say merry christmas and happy new year and uh thank you ronnie thank you shane Thanks for listening to JourneyWise, a JourneyWise Network production. 